3: up for grabs
4: now! Arsenal Nation
3: Would you believe
1: it? Arsenal Nation Look at that! Oh, look at
5: that! Arsenal Nation
4: That sums it all up! Arsenal Nation Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Arsenal Nation, the podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Johnny, mate. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas. Jeremy.
5: Joyeux Noël,
4: guys. I was just about to say how to say it in Uh, French.
5: French. Ah. French. We're we're teaching them as well, aren't we, at home? So, there
1: you go. Joyeux Noël. (laughs) My mum mum used to always tell me that she's got an orange for Christmas once. Like, that is a sad, sad situation, (laughs) isn't it? Don't get me wrong, some people might be getting an orange right now. And well done. That's probably a nice orange, but I wouldn't want an orange. I'd rather an Arsenal Nation podcast.
4: Yeah, I mean, my my mum used to put an orange in the stocking, but at the very bottom of the stocking. But there'd be like loads of sweets and stuff before that. I mean, I don't know. She was she had it all wrong. Yeah. Surely you want the orange at the top and then like the sweets later. (laughs) But hey, anyway. So that's mine and Johnny's Christmas growing up. Normally, by the sounds of it, Jeremy, what was Christmas like for you in uh, in Paris?
5: Well, Christmas for us is on the 24th. It's Christmas Eve. We don't really celebrate on the 25th. So you get all your, all your bits, all your presents on the 24th at night. You know, you just wait and, yeah, you know. Dad pretending to be Santa, with the, <laughs> the old costume and stuff and, uh, yeah.
4: So you're telling me, right, if I, if I was your wife, just bear with me here. Okay. If, if, if I <laughs> we, was your we, wife, yeah, on, I, would, into- I would... If I was her, I'd go to France, have the Christmas on Christmas in <laughs> France, and then come back to England and have the actual Christmas on the, on the day of the 25th in England. Double up, yeah. Can
5: have both, yeah. She, to be fair, she always struggled with it, because we've always done, you know, when we go to my, my parents, she always struggled, don't understand. Why why are we waiting on the 24th? 24th is just, you know, just a normal day for us. It's like, no, 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 for us, it's like, you know, it's the big thing. The 24th at night it's the big dinner. Wait till, you know... 12 o'clock, whatever, and get the present.
1: But then you come to England and then you realise that the 24th is for going out, getting absolutely obliterated. (laughs) So the 25th is just a struggle for the whole day.
4: The, the, The 24th is a combination of running around desperately trying to find something for your missus whilst the shop shutters are closing <laughs> and then getting obliterated because you didn't find the right thing. <laughs> yeah, and it'll make the problems go away if you just get tanked up. Uh,
1: yeah, different different approaches to Christmas, you know. I think Joy-O-Noel is a bit better than that
4: one, actually. Uh, right, we've recorded six episodes in this first run of the podcast, but there's some bits that didn't quite make the final cut. But they were so good, we thought we'd put them... Them all together in this bonus episode for you. But before we get to them, let's have a quick... Jeremy, Jerry, you are... Uh... So this is the part of the podcast where producer Liam picks a topic and Jeremy tells us a story about it from his career. So, Jeremy, tell us a story about what it was like being a footballer around the Christmas period because it's a busy time for footballers, isn't it?
5: It's the most, yeah, busiest time. So what basically happened is when the fixtures come out, straight away, that's the first thing you look, you know. You just look if you play at home or away Mm. on Boxing Day because if you play at home, you know that, 99% chance the coach will let you stay at home on the 25th. You know, you'll just train early morning, get home, and then just turn up for the game the next day. But if you play away, surely you've got to travel on the 25th. So it'll be like, stay at home in the morning, and then about, you know, two o'clock, whatever, one, two o'clock, report for training, then travel straight to the hotel after after the session. So you just think, God, I just hope it's not, or, or if it's away, not too far at least. So maybe we get a chance. If it's a like a an, an, um, a London game, then you might be yeah. able to go the next day, you know. But it's like when you, you know, you've got to go to Manchester or Liverpool or Newcastle or you know, and then from London, you know, you're gonna to have to go the night before. So you just like, ah, oh. so straight away you just like. Told tell the missus, uh, you know Christmas? Yeah, we play in a way on Boxing Day. She's like, no, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <is> that what she <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> no, why? Are you married to Pat Butcher?
1: For these standards, you come here. <laughs> Got a rolling pin. <laughs>
4: <laughs> around Christmas time, though, Jeremy, did you? Uh, yeah, you know, you retired now, so you can you can admit things. Did you ever have a you know couple of beers and that? Get get, get, yeah. get a God, few drinks.
5: Yeah, well, but like, like I said. For us, it's 24th. So 25th, mm. anyway, is kind of like, you know, just to get up, spend it with the children, but you don't really drink, you know. It's more on the 24th at night, so at least it gives me a couple of nights to recover before the game. <laughs> you nice. Know? Right.
1: I mean, it's funny you say about, like, looking at the fixture list. I think for your average bloke, of which me and Nick certainly are, we Speak look for at yourself, the, mate. Oh, mate, he's above <laughs> average. Actually, I'm not. But um, you look at the Christmas period, and you think it's a it's a period where we're all tested physically because we all are about to embark on the biggest feast, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> eating session that comes throughout the year. So much so, you've got to get your elastic waistband joggers on at some <laughs> point um, just so you can fit your belly in. That's ever expanding. Do you? Would you say, even though you're a footballer, do you overindulge in the
5: eating, if not the you know, drinking alcohol? Uh, yeah, you obviously do it, you know, a lot more than, than normal. And obviously not the same type of food as well. So uh, what, what, is the, what is the food? Well, the food is like, you know, French will have foie gras, will uh, have okay. seafood, will have, you know, turkey, all that kind of stuff. So it's like salmon, smoked salmon. So it's things that you don't really, eat during the year, yeah. Uh, it it's special like, Christmas stuff, you know? It's
1: like the stuff we would only have when we were at an all-inclusive hotel on our holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and you have that for your Christmas dinner. <laughs> OK. <Well. laughs> uh,
5: and I remember, I remember actually, you know, Arsene Wenger saying, guys, you know, it's Christmas, you know, eat what you want, enjoy, but not too much, huh? Not too much. You it, know. Was he strict with it like that? Yeah, he, listen, he was not... That strict, because he just wanted us to have a good time spending with your family and stuff. But obviously, he was more strict more on the alcohol than than the food. It was more the alcohol that was his thing, just like, you know, the drinking. Come on, boys, yeah. no, no drinking, you know? D-
4: did you ever, just going back to the fixture list, did you ever, ever try to get... Suspended on purpose around Christmas.
5: <laughs> Not suspended, but maybe getting a little knock. In oh, that one. People. My back. You know? That one, yeah. my back. The back was yeah. always the one that people would bring you know, out. You know the little knock that you know three days later you'll be fine, <laughs> but just on that <laughs> day, it's just such a shame because, you know, I could have made it, but, you know, it's just a little bit too close to the game. Can't make that game, but I'll make the next one, no problem.
1: You don't want to risk the further aggravating yeah, injury. that's it. You don't want to.
4: <laughs> uh, right, we've had some uh, really good guests actually on this first season of the podcast. Robert Perez, one of the guests, Leo Williamson, Reese Weston and Lee Dixon. And here are some of the bits from those interviews that you didn't hear. And we're going to start with Robert.
1: One of my memories of you as a player, um, obviously absolutely excellent player. But for me, I felt that you always had a great temperament in big games you showed up in big moments and it, there we have seen in loads of different clubs in football they there are players that play for big teams who can look good against small teams like with respect smaller teams but in the big moments they don't shine you were one of those <laughs> players that did shine um can you talk to me about that what makes you so good in those pressure moments
2: well, a pressure moment i think it's all the game and of course they have a special game uh I repeat, against yeah, Man United, especially on this time. The yeah. We had a very big rivality with uh, Man United. It was a special Ferguson against uh, Wenger. Uh, but, you know, no, normally when you are professional, you need to prepare uh, each game on the same, um, I use I you call it, same mentality. Uh, mentality. Uh, of course, the pressure maybe is not uh, really, really the same, but um, so that's why when... No, if you if you if you want uh, to win the title, you need to be concentrated and to be focused uh, every uh, every game uh, every game every every Saturday. And I think, for my part, I think I I, I learn a lot when uh, when I used to play for the national team because I play with a great player like um, like Deschamps, Blanc, De Saie, and especially in the mental uh, on this for the this game, I I learn a lot, and of course. When you when you train with with uh, Bergkamp or with Zidane for me, uh, yeah, it was a, a very good example. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> Zidane, Zidane. <Okay. laughs> oh, I know him. Yeah. <laughs> Zizou, wow.
5: Um. Are you girls having that initiation song?
0: Yeah. Well, so I had to do it, and since then, stop. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I actually I made a bet if we won the FA Cup in my first year. Then I'd sing. I don't know why, and so yeah. I had to. What um, did you sing? Stand by me, Benny King. Kind of a, it's kind of a, an easy one. A bit of a cop out, really.
4: But. I mean, it's still horrible having to do it in front of everyone. I yeah. can't remember if we asked you this. Jez. Did you have to I, ever do I've that? I've
5: done it in France. I've never done it here. Here, when I joined, was just standing up on the chair, uh, pre-season, and just have a, just have a quick um i'm really happy to be here and hopefully we'll have a great season just have a quick two minutes what was your english like terrible i've never done it <laughs> i always blamed it on my english i said i don't speak english yeah, <laughs> okay. never That's done like- it tony adams just like no, next year you'll do it and next been, year he, he was gone you must have been like escaped it <laughs> oh, okay right i see, I see I'm with
4: you.
1: <laughs> Do you get anyone who has a problem with your musical choices? How do your yeah. DJ sets go down?
0: Oh, 100 percent. Dan Carter's always got something to say. <laughs> um, Can't play <blaze> the <laughs> But her her music taste is is different to the rest of the. the we've got quite a cheesy group, like like a sing along, yeah. um, like a good dance. And Dan's very like she's very loves her, loves chronics, and yeah. and stuff like that. So dancehall and, and yeah reggae. yeah yeah, it's quite quite hard to to mix that in. Um, I tell her she's she's one of the whole team, so she gets 1 in 20, basically. You can't go from Cotton
1: Eye Joe to conics, no. It <laughs> yeah, right doesn't mix. really
0: mix, yeah, yeah.
4: All right, so we're going to take some questions out of a hat and uh, we'll take from there. So, Lee, do you want to go first?
3: Am I reading it out to everybody? Yes, please. Worst dancer.
4: Right, so this is from your ear. Martin Keogh. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> Martin Keogh. <laughs> worst dancer. So, Jess, we want to get you in on this as well. So, your same question?
5: Right. Same question.
3: Ooh. Was he? Yeah. Oh. See, Martin, th- Martin thought he was a really good dancer. So the lads used to say, we used to get, when we were putting our kit on, the, the floor at Highbury was like this. It was hard. You know, it was, and so when you got the studs on it, it was a bit slippy. And he used to uh, put these red boots on. You know, you used to wear them stupid red boots. One was a size 8 and the other's a size 9. Weird. <laughs> and he had, So he had to get two boots from Puma, two pairs of boots, and then swap them over. So he had a, a left, left, a left right, a left nine, and a right eight, or something like that. Because his one foot was bigger than the other. So it was always <laughs> a pair of boots thrown away. And so in, if, if anyone else had the opposite, a big right foot and a small left foot, they were in to get a free pair of boots. But he couldn't find any of them, so they used to go in the bin. And he used to put his boots on before the game, and we used to go, go on, Martin, do your Michael Jackson. Oh, no. And he used to do this Michael Jackson dance. I swear to God, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he, he'd do all the facials and really think he could dance. But the lads were literally winding him up. And he used to go, all right, I'll do it for you. And he used to do this dancing, like dance moon, moonwalk across the floor. So there's many a time when I've gone into my first title with Giggsy and I've been still laughing at the Michael Jackson gig. Well, has,
1: it, has anyone actually told Martin that you were laughing at him? Or has he just found out on this podcast? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you can it. Uh, no, I, I, I think Jeremy did say Fabregas, but have you got any stories well, about Fabregas'
5: dancing, Jeremy? Well, you know, a few times we used to, you know, go out clubbing, and actually, a few times one of the boys, you know, had to go and see if he was. He didn't have headphones on, listening to different music because <laughs> he was completely out of rhythm. It was crazy. was like, unbelievable. Everybody were looking at him and thought, "No, he's, he's listening to something different. There. It's not the same music." I'm Sure. I'm but guessing, Jess, like, you had the moves. That's
1: what it is. Uh, we talked even about like you know injury points and you know tougher points in your career. Speak to me about the role of family for you both and how that helped you get through these points
6: yeah i mean yeah, family is is something that you know is vitally important i think in, in most people in most people's lives and um you know my my, my parents in particular i mean my, my, my wife and my little one my little one's only two and a half so she she unfortunately never got to see me play at any level um my wife and i've been married you know just over five years so she, you know she didn't really get to see well, it wouldn't have been the best of me to be fair as a back end of my career. So thankfully, she didn't see that. But no, I think you know through through some some questionable choices in my early my early years and um, you know moving around a lot. You know, having my the support of my parents was always invaluable and um, always supported me uh, from a from an emotional standpoint and and financially it's like at, at points in time. You know, when when things were going a little bit kind of south. You know, they were there to. To bail me out, so um, no, vitally important part of my life, and then still are today.
4: And just just a quickie, uh, you you from a, a Welsh background? My father's Welsh, right? Yes. Because the reason I asked you this is because you could have played rugby as well, right? I was reasonable at rugby. So was your dad trying to push you down that road? Cause nah, obviously, not, like not at Welshman
6: time. and rugby. My dad was just a frustrated sportsman, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like anything. Anything I was half decent that he was going right. You know, you're better than me, son. You're doing all right, right? You know, so no, I kind of I kind of half grew up. My, my, if I'm being brutally honest with you that I was always going to hopefully play football for, for England or rugby for Wales. That was my kind of thing. Uh, as, as luck transpired, I was never good enough to play for England. Um, so, no, I was lucky to get seven caps for Wales, which was great. You know, very, very proud moments for me and and, and all my family, my, my dad in particular. Uh, but no, I was never pushed particularly. I was just left to enjoy my sport and it kind of organically went the way it did.
4: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: now we've had a lot of fun getting some stories from jeremy over the past six weeks but here are a few more that we've saved for this week's show if gareth called you now you know i know you retire but if he called you now and went You've been here long enough in England. We want you to take on the English nationality and play for England. Would you, because some players do it, let's be clear, would you change nationality to play football at international level?
5: Uh, You know what? I haven't been asked clearly about it at the time when I was playing for Arsenal. But there was people saying, you know, you've been in England over five years now and you haven't played for the France full squad yet would you consider it and make a move to come and play for england and at the time i i just said yes because i was like yeah yeah i I feel english anyway you know i've been here so many years now just for me france england uh, you know i feel i've got two countries and and at the time i said yes it never it never happened you know but um at the time i would i would have yeah i just you know i, I don't feel like France, obviously, I was born in France, but I've left France very, very young age. And I guess the the biggest or the most important part of my life, haven't been in France. They've been in the UK, you know, like becoming a man happened here in London, you know, meeting my wife, having my kids and playing professional football. I've only been in England. I've never played in France before I've joined Arsenal. So France for me was obviously, I feel French and I'm French, but spending all them years in England made me, you know, I feel British as much as I feel French, so um, yeah.
1: Get get on the phone, Gareth. It is a fascinating point though, isn't it? Because there's a lot of, like, football can connote a lot of nationalism and oh, we're English and we do this, but it's interesting the way you talk, that you've experienced the most significant parts of your life in britain so why wouldn't you play oh, for them yeah. and i find that really f- interesting
5: well it's like I'm, I'm obviously i was born in paris i've always lived in france until 16 but my mom on my mom's side we are algerian so i've got an algerian passport i've never been in algeria i could have played for algeria but for me england you know i is more my country than Algeria is because I've never been there I've never had any connection with the country apart through my mom but you know it's it's not a country that I can say oh, I feel Algerian because I've never been i don't know the people i've never mixed living lived in a country or any you know anything like that so
1: you're you have a very interesting accent. Mm. Okay. Very interesting, actually. I've accent. heard that before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, that screams to me that obviously you originate from France, but you've been living in England on and off for what, 20 years?
5: Yeah, 20 years now, yeah. So, have moved in 99, so.
1: Unlike, unlike your grandparents who could only do six months, you've yeah. done a <laughs> long love time. The beans on toast, mate. Can't yeah. of it. So, here's a bit of a kind of cultural question, if you like. What would you say as a, as a honorary? brit these days what would you say is the one thing that you love about britain that you, you maybe can't get in france
5: you ready guys oh my wife
1: ah okay people just tuned out there okay oh, i'm
4: done it was going well producer liam chop that bit out
5: <laughs> um no there's there's many things but saying that there's a lot of thing that i miss you know food wise from france that when i go back to paris i'm like oh my god i just miss this so much but like, like just the biscuit the yogurts the oh, choice okay. you okay. know the mm-hmm. choice of all that yeah. stuff we've got in france compared to to england but listen just english breakfast tea in the morning you know all that kind of stuff that i've learned you know when i came to england because drinking tea in france is not really the the thing but then you know he in, loves you a fry up. You love it, just like fish and, fish and chips and, and all that chips. you yeah. know it's uh, yeah, it's things that we don't have in France. But to be fair, I'd consider myself as you know, off it's British. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: If you're Fringish, it's, uh, it's British. Fr- British. 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 <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Um, I, like
4: I wanted to ask you about your parents actually, because did did your parents play sport or anything? All
5: my family are basketball. Okay. My dad, my mum played basketball. My uncles, granddad, everybody, and I was the first one playing football.
4: So you come from a sporty family, right? I, so that's yeah. the, but I, I just I, wanted to kind of see if there was like a, a connection, because you know, a lot of the time people have, they have kids and then their kids, if they're a footballer, their kids end up having a dabble in football, you know, but like, I just I just wanted to see if there was a, a succession there, I've, I've not got a real question to be honest I with you. I think
5: that. there is, you know, I think there is, I think it's in the gene a bit, when you've got both parents that are sporty, then the kids, you know, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, will end up sporty as well, but I know, you know, my parents were, my granddad, Basketball. basketball, I am, and my son crazy about football. So, you know, Arsenal I'm, just fan, think, I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, he's he's with Arsenal, guys. Yeah.
4: yeah, that's where he should be. Who who did your parents support growing up, and who did you support growing up?
5: PSG, but then obviously Arsenal abroad was my you know my team because of all the French connection yeah, yeah. and all the French players. It's
1: hard though, like because as Arsenal fans, when we had the great uh, influx of French players under Wenger. Uh, And, you know, led us to great success. And we always hear about how young French players really liked Arsenal because it was seen as a place that French players were going to go. We haven't, in Britain, really got the same thing because most of our players don't go abroad in the
4: same way, you know. We've got this new Bundesliga thing, haven't we? A lot of the the young players are going to the Bundesliga. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I'm just interested to think, like, if there was a club where loads of English players started going, whether there'd be loads of young British kids going... I'm a massive Dortmund fan now, or something like that. You know, probably
5: so. will, man. I think he will. I think, like you said, because growing up, all the you know, your heroes and idol were playing for, you know, Arsenal, Man U, whatever, you know, team in the in the UK. But I think if now you can still see a change where all young British players move abroad to get experience and and get times to to just play. So um, yeah, I think it could could change in the in the next few years.
4: How long did it take until Arsene Wenger spoke to you? Did he did he pull you after your first session or was it kind of like after he no, few- just
5: he just left it for the for the next maybe I would say the next six months until that season finished. Because I was just training with the first team, but obviously I was not involved with them in any games. He must
4: have saw something in you, Jeremy, because the rumour is that like Arsene, I mean, I don't know how true this is, maybe you can verify it, but the rumour is that Arsene used to watch from afar. He would watch the youth team's training.
5: It used to be every game on Saturday morning when we used to play games at the training ground, he was there.
4: So he, he must know about, he must have seen you and thought, I want this kid in the, in in our training session.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure he did. But then I think what he felt is he was just wanted to let me settle and adapt with the boys, let them teach me, you know, how to get in that group and 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 let my character just toughen up and and get. You know, you've just got you've just can't have your coach just behind you helping you out and tell you, you know, because it's, it's just not right. You just just end up being a bit of a. Like you teacher's just, pet kind of. Yeah, thing, that's right? it exactly. You don't want to be the the, the boss's little, you know, little yeah, yeah. boy kind of. Yeah. You know, so you just uh, just let me, you know, let me finish that season. So every, you know, for the second part of the of the my first season at the club, I trained with the first team every day. Then then it was end of season, and then it's when I came back. Then obviously, cause I've turned I've turned seventeen, then I've moved dressing room. So I went to the first team dressing room then. And, and that was from then I was with the first team, you know.
0: Ali Adier, one-on-one with Butler.
4: Jeremy Ali Adier. Oh, that's terrific. Absolutely
3: brilliant. What a talent this guy is.
4: Right, we've had so much fun bringing you this first series of the podcast. I've enjoyed it loads. Not only because, you know, we get to talk about Arsenal, which is the club we all love, but I get to hang out with you guys.
1: It's really nice, isn't it? eh? I mean, I like... Chatting to you guys, particularly chatting to Jeremy about UFC. You never get involved in no. that.
5: <laughs> yeah, a not UFC fun. chat. Quite, quite oh, deep, not yeah, this again. <laughs> no.
4: uh, right, a massive thank you to all of the guests who gave up their time to get involved. And a huge thank you, like more importantly, to you, the listeners, the people who download the show and get involved. Um, we want to be back for a second series, don't we? That's what we want, guys. Certainly. Definitely. Certainly. We've got
5: uh, really prepared for it as well. We've got some... Uh, Good things lined up, guys. I'm up for doing another one,
4: aren't you? Yeah, I'll probably do another one as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I'm ready. Oh I thought he was going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Um, right, you can still help us though. Of course, you can rate the podcast, review it, recommend it on all the platforms, which is iTunes, Spotify, Acast. Also, might be worth we we'll do like a little guerrilla marketing tactic here. If you uh, drop at Arsenal a tweet, anyone that's hearing this right now, and tell them how much you enjoyed the show, that'd be good.
1: Yeah. Or, and as well, you can drop me a tweet at Johnny I Cochran and say how much you enjoy me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, spam Arsenal and follow Johnny. That's what it's (laughs) all about. Yeah, I I think it's worth just shouting out our own Twitter, our own uh, Insta handles as well. Johnny, you've already done yours. So, Jez, where can the the fans find you on Insta?
5: Yeah, me on Insta, at uh,
4: JJ Aliadier. There you go. It's easy to spell. It's basically spelled how it sounds. It sounds more complicated than it is. Uh, mine is very simple. Just my name, Nick Bright, at Nick Bright. Until next time, from me, Nick Bright, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. From Johnny Cochran there. Merry Christmas, guys. And from Jeremy Aliadier. What more could you want for Christmas than a Merry Christmas from Jeremy?
1: We want Santa to bring you a second season of the Arsenal <laughs>
4: Nation podcast. <laughs> Until next time, see you later, guys.
1: Arsenal Nation